0: Welcome to the Season 8 bonus episodes, Witchy Women. These episodes are in support of the world premiere of The Revised Witch, the Connor & Smith musical premiering in Baltimore with Stillpoint Theatre. Thank you for listening and joining us. We're going to do this for a couple of weeks, and then we'll move on to our Silver Bells podcast season. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. In 1985, Tyler was meeting Justin at their favorite arcade, Longshot. Just as Justin was about to confess his love for Tyler, the world changed. Blending elements of 1980s pop culture and LGBTQIA fiction, we journey through this incredible experience that brings them closer together as they fight against the world trying to keep them apart. (laughs) Listen to Longshot on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, today we're going to be talking about two different subjects. One, Mole Dyer, who uh, is a character in our musical Witch at Stillpoint Theatre, running till November 25th, Uh, ticket link in the podcast notes. And the other, the 1990 film The Witches, starring Angelica Houston. These two can't be more different than each other, but... um, where do you want to start, Rye? Let's start with, uh,
1: we saw the show. Yes, we did. We did. Loved the space. Loved the staging. Loved everything about it. It was really great. Great cast. Strong. Really good time. Strong direction. I know that uh, you posted the, the podcast of us going up to Baltimore and all that, but I just wanted to say again how much I really enjoyed it.
0: Oh, cannot recommend enough. We were so, uh, we had such a great time and- it's a beautiful production the lighting the again everything about it is just
1: yeah and, the, and let's let's go into this with uh, the staging of Mol Dyer uh and how great that was her running through the entire theater in a circle um I was super impressed uh the the Mul Dyer
0: sings about being chased from her hut and they literally chase her through the space uh the actress playing Mul Dyer is amber wood uh she did a hell of a job running and belting at the top of her lungs the same time um it was it was such cool staging i was so shocked at what i was seeing it was like are they really chasing her around the entire audience bank um and it's a it's a really it's one of my favorite songs from which um so i i yeah it it was it was a fun time Mul dyer
1: uh, is more of a legend as opposed to maybe not necessarily a real. I don't know. They person. have her rock. They uh, have her rock. There's many different uh, uh, stories of what exactly happened and if it did happen, and uh, but yeah, I think the imagery of of her running through the woods and basically freezing to death while you know stuck to this rock and her hand in the air and you know they found her that way is all very interesting. Um, it's but yeah. hard to hold your hand in the air when you're dead.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could freeze
1: solid, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but do you freeze solid? Solid, right, like, yeah. active? Yeah. And this was also the inspiration for the Witch and Blair Witch. Yep. Mole Dyer was. Uh, it's a Maryland, Leonard, Leonardstown, Maryland. Um, Lightning and, strikes there more often than anywhere else in the state. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Mole is just a short uh, or a, a nickname for Mary or any other basically m Name back then, Mole, so probably Mary uh, Dyer. Um, but doing the research on just the Maryland witch trials themselves and starting in 1954 and the last one happening in. 1954? I'm sorry, 1654 <laughs> and last one Damn. stopping in 1712. Um, and uh, Rebecca, what did I say her last name? Fowler. Rebecca Fowler uh, was the only actually legally uh hung witch in maryland um but there's tons of stories mary lee was another one who didn't even make it to maryland she was still on the sh- ship and you know got uh uh got accused of being a witch on a ship and and the, the ship hands basically killed her before they even got to maryland um wow yeah lots of there was a, a guy john Cowman i think was uh a guy would also uh, but i don't think he got convicted um yeah, just just going down this rabbit hole of witches and, and finding out about all of these things that, you know, tangentially I kind of maybe have heard you guys when you were doing the research for this show and um, Mole Dyer. And I was asking you, why Mole Dyer? Why Mole Dyer? And uh, <laughs> you, you were like, it, the name itself is just kind of a cool uh, sounding name and to put into a song. I think because...
0: So Ryan comes in and has done all this research and is like, how come none of these other witches? And I'm like, oh God. And I tried to run through my memory bank. I'm aware of the other things, but I think because of the lore around Mul Dyer and the you know very dramatic um, you know, cursing of the town and the tie to Blair Witch, I'm sure helped because I'm a horror movie fan. But I think when I heard the name Mole Dyer, I heard music in it. It was a musical name. And Rebecca Fowler, not so much. Um, Mole Dyer, the second I heard that name, I went, oh, she had a hut deep in the wood and it just kind of started going. And I don't know, there was something so singular about that name that, that held power to me. I don't regret the choice I've made one bit um, because it's it's just a, a kick-ass st- story. Um, And I was trying to find a natural healer. That was the other thing. Um, Because, and here's the other things. Opinions reviews are also, uh, you know, based on wherever that person is when they're thinking of whatever they're thinking. Uh, There's a review out already that I think is quite positive, but does say, why not this? And why not that? And there's so many why nots in this subject that, you
1: know well and, and, and you're you as a I, i'm just guessing uh but you as a uh you and matt talking about these things and talking about them together you guys are really kind of trying to do something that speaks to you in the way that you want to tell the story and so those things are chosen if somebody wants to go off and do uh, you know uh, something like this or t- tell somebody else's story feel free to do that but this was your uh you know this is in- what
0: stuck to the wall with me
1: absolutely yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I- and I, I knew about all the other things, but I also, uh, yeah, these were the things that inspired me that I found tangential uh, pairings with the other women.
1: Yeah, and parallels to, mm-hmm. to what the other women had gone through and that kind of thing. And and you could do that with many, many more, but, you know, you don't want to have a 750-minute show, maybe movie.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and,
0: you know, I think there was a comment that the show was a little light in, in time. Um, this was a a revision done that was aiming to be a shorter thing for that space and for this company. Um, not that they could have handled a longer one. It's just, this was what we come up with, came up with in the short time. And it almost served as like another workshop production. Will the show change from here? I'm sure we were discussing, um, things we would change last night. Um, or things we would add to, or a song we might cut, or a song we might reprise, even. Um, But all these steps are just helpful for the next incarnation, whenever that happens, of the show. Um, So if you're listening to this and want to do Witch at your theater, just let me know, and we can um, expand on it even further. Uh, But anyway, Mul Dyer, um, I still want to someday make that trek to Leonardstown. It's a trek. Um, and just to see the rock, I know that Sophia Manicone um, made that trek with her family shortly after they did Which I don't know if there's that much
1: to see there. There's a rock outside. Just a, like just a, a rock outside of uh, like a, a government building they, or you something. You can kind of almost see your hand. Well, can mm-hmm. you? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Her story reminded me more along the lines of uh, that first season we did when we went to go see those statues. Mm-hmm do you remember the name grief the no, the black uh the statues that we we got kicked out of uh, yes. the one place black aggie black aggie that that really kind of reminded me of of that story which is a little more lore uh legendary you know as opposed to you know myth making as opposed to necessarily something that actually happened right yeah uh, but i i totally see the parallel with blair witch because of the hand Mm-hmm. and the, the handprint right Right. so at the end of the, the film of Blair Witch spoilers for however many years ago that came out yeah if you haven't seen it you're not gonna yeah. but I found it fascinating watching The Witches which um, you know it has nothing to do with Mole Dyer but is a completely kind of opposite view of what witches are <laughs> right you know and it's, this is it's, not a
0: positive no, light of witches so if you all. are a witch positive person do not watch this film it's Bonkers, I thought I had seen it, so we made a little a list of like what are like the some of the biggest splash witch movies that we could talk about, and I remember the scene where they're all taking their wigs and skin off in this witch convention, making it onto all these lists of like you know horror scariest moments on a and e or whatever. And seeing that scene. So because I saw that scene, I somehow thought I'd seen that movie. It's certainly unsettling.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's scary per se. Right. Um, It still has that Jim Henson dark crystal quality to it, which um, this is Jim Henson's last thing he physically worked on before he died. Um, And you can really, really see the amazing things that that jim Henson brought to children's stories on top of it being a Roll doll um story which um i don't know if it's one of his better ones but getting the director nicholas rogue to do it who is this like psychological thriller like brilliant british filmmaker like has all these accolades to make this film um I think was the right decision because you don't steer away from, or at least they didn't back when we were growing up, steer away from the scary aspect of it, you know? That's when we as children fill in all of that, that imagination uh, stuff. And, and yeah, it's going to be scary sometimes, but I think it's definitely needed. Children shouldn't just see homogenized things with no villains in them, you know, in, the, in my in my opinion, you know? Yeah,
0: I. it occurred to me that when our generation were children and this is, it sounds like walking up hill both ways to school in the snow with no shoes. But I feel like we were exposed to a lot of different things, whether it was the TV was our babysitter and the things that were on it were bonkers and MTV and all this stuff. And I I don't know, I could be wrong, but I feel like our generation was raised by wolves in a way. Um, because something like this is disturbing-ish to me. I mean, it's not, because I know it's makeup. But I'm like, oh my god, I was watching this as a kid, but I apparently
1: was not. <laughs> I, You know, I thought I hadn't seen it, but I did see it. Uh, I remembered it as a child. And I'll be honest, it did not affect me. I was maybe 12, 13 years old when it came out. Um, and I, I found the whole scene when they do the reveal boring. Mm. It was a very long uh you know scene with dialogue that as as maybe a 12 or 13 year old you know i was like just get to it kind of thing and then it re- once once they're changed um once uh luke gets changed into a mouse um and that all happens it becomes a kind of a different kind of story it's literally these two kids that got turned into mice running around and getting trying to get away from witches with their grand, you know with his grandmother and you know it becomes this completely different thing um it was definitely scary to a certain degree mm-hmm. um and i think that's what was great about the uh, 80s late 70s uh and this is probably made in 89 so still has that 80s aesthetic to it where you know we were not afraid to be afraid as children um we got the dark crystal uh, the we, Skeksis My uh, god I scared the living bejesus Just out of me Just the
0: shadows of them coming down the hallway Yeah Ooh. And uh,
1: Legend We did Legend And that's another one that was I remember being fairly scary uh, as a kid Gremlins uh, was definitely scary Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom The bugs Was scary The bugs um, The heart eating The heart of that whole thing um, Not to say that that is something that every child needs to see But I will tell you Superman 3 the worst killed me most because Superman was bad,
0: but mostly because that woman was pulled, oh, was pulled into a machine and
1: made a machine. Yeah, that probably screwed me up more as a as a kid than these things that you knew there was a I don't want to say a hero per se, but it's the whole Joseph Campbell uh, thing, um, the the hero's journey, uh, and there are villains in that, and that is what makes you. An adult is being able to to handle these things that are given to us that are uh, that we're afraid of and have fear of to be able to conquer that and, and move into adulthood. Um, I know Nicholas Rogue did cut out a couple of scenes because he did uh, screen it for I think his his kid and it was too too scary, so they cut out a couple of things. Um, I know that uh, Roll Dahl was absolutely furious with the ending of this movie. Um, Jim Henson promised he would film both, so they filmed both endings the one from the book and this one and so he does not get turned back into a kid at the end of the book at the end of the book he stays a mouse well and i was expecting that i was too and i was like so wait
0: wait what is this secretary witch's story because they're going to go kill all of the witches and that might include you why did you change him back
1: yeah, no, it was, it was. It felt very contrived. It did feel contrived, and I think that the you know I think Roll Dahl to the to the end was absolutely against it. Um, I you know he's a, a, a very uh, complicated complicated person, and things that he said, especially towards the end of his life, and I won't get into all of that. And this could be looked at as kind of misogynistic in a way, if you just look at the witches as his view on women. Um, but at the same time, you have the grandmother character in this in this film mm-hmm. that is very much uh, uh, a loving And <laughs> missing a finger, which we never get the backstory on that a witch ate it. Yeah, why? Yeah. Anyway, uh, that story she's telling in the beginning and all of that. Um, but I I
0: loved it. I thought it was great. I d- I'm not clear on this, and maybe the book probably does it better. So the witch's goal, like it was like your productivity is down. We need to kill more children, and we're just going to kill them all. And, like, what's the
1: end game? Once they're all dead... Right. What do you do? What do you do then? What's and the, they which... hate children. They smell like dog poo-poo. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe because they don't want to smell dog poo anymore.
0: But, yeah,
1: it was just kind of bonkers. But then they're going to
0: open up candy stores with all this money the witch has. And I'm like, where has your idea been all this time, all this time that you time? have yeah. this suitcase this... full of money? Yeah. And
1: this... I mean, you can give it. Angelica Houston was great. Mm-hmm. Just wonderful. Um... Yeah, I, I I remembered finding it boring as a kid, but finding more to like about as an adult. I will also say, as
0: a household that has gone through a mouse outbreak, this movie was hard to watch for me. <laughs> I was like, no, no. When they're in the kitchen, I was like, oh my
1: god, I can't. And it's, the, but it's really seamless, too, how they go from the puppets to the the live mice. It was all done very, very, very well. Um and Nicholas Rogueman, he's a legend. Uh, Steven Soderbergh, Christopher Nolan, uh, a lot of people, uh, Tony Scott, Ridley Scott, all look to him as as, uh, as someone they wanted to pay homage to and learn from in, in their own uh, filmmaking. So legendary filmmaker, uh, Don't Look Now, The Man Who Fell to Earth, yep. uh, Walkabout, which I, I, if you haven't seen that movie, my goodness. Um, but yeah, no, so it's a different outlook than Moldyre is on witches. It's not, you know, witch positive per se. Um, no, and,
0: and and here's the deal. Us doing these extra witch movies are just an allowing us to keep talking about witches so we can keep talking about Still Points production while it's running. It's, it's in support of them. And it might, you know, oh, I want to listen to this because I like that movie. And then you learn, oh, maybe I should go see this show. This movie does not in any way support the kind of message that the show does. Not at all. It paints witches in a much worse light. Um,
1: but there's no movie about Muldire. No. Yeah, so in there looks, should be. Yeah, uh, there's tons of books out there about about the legend. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, the, the Witches, I think, stands up to a certain modern-day... I, uh, in my opinion, I think it's a really good film, and I was always the guy poo pooing it, saying ah, it's boring, it's not very good. I can't remember seeing it, uh, but then watching it, like, and knowing that it was Jim Henson's last thing he physically worked on, was even that much more like kind of heartbreaking. I mean, it really gets into some stuff, tough stuff. I mean, the parents die, yeah, immediately.
0: Oh, and and this is the other thing in that conference room scene. They all take their stuff off. She kills one of the witches who, like, talks bad about her. Um, And then they're like, We're going to see this chemical I've made that turns boys into mice. Put your wigs and things back on. I'm like, But wait. Wait. (laughs) Couldn't we have kept them on until he was, like, turned into a. Well,
1: evidently it gives them rashes and stuff, so they want to have it off as often as possible. Got it. Got it. Got it.
0: But But I hear you.
1: It was a little like. I also noticed there's men. There was men in the conference uh, dressed as women, Mm -hmm. um, which I found interesting. I I probably didn't notice that as a kid, but I kind of multiple men dressed as women, Mm -hmm. uh, and then the wigs off and
0: multiple ethnicities included as well. Yeah, which clothing from all around the world was interesting. Um, Rowan Atkinson, (laughs) Mister Bean, is in this movie. Yeah, as a not nice guy um, who is having an affair with a hotel. (laughs) Maybe <laughs> Yeah, I
1: don't know. It's all that's all very strange. And very... Maybe
0: she's drunk. She wasn't. I was with her all the. All, <laughs> yeah. uh, I was. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Do we need this subplot? I know, right? I yeah. Know. Do we do we need it uh, in a I, kids movie? Funny story about the production is that they were all you know housed in the same hotel. In this hotel. Yeah, I d- was. I don't know if it was this hotel or not, but I, I know they wondering. filmed on location. Um, but he he left the faucet on and was asleep, and evidently this flood was happening, and people were trying to knock on the door and get in, and he's like, I'm asleep, leave me alone! And this flood that he had left the faucet on, it's just a Mr. Bean thing to do. It's very Mr. Bean. <laughs> like in real life.
0: Um, I know he pops up, t- like, random places. He, he is, of course, featured in Love Actually, oh, yeah. and we talked about that in our Love Actually
1: episode a couple years ago, but... Um, I watched him on PBS years ago do a stand-up and it was more like a almost a one-person show but it was definitely like a stand-up-esque kind of thing the stand-up that was more like a (laughs) sit-down yeah and it was i mean he's a very talented man very very talented man just really next level stuff and and again someone who speaks to children in a way i think uh while also being kind of adult in what he does uh, to a certain degree, but all very innocent and, you know.
0: Very at home in the Raoul Dahl world. Yeah, very at home, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: What's your favorite Raoul Dahl story? Well, I mean, come on.
1: Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's not mine. It's not, really. That's, I think, maybe the only one I read. I never read Matilda. James and the Giant Peach. James and the more. Giant Peach, yeah.
0: I love James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. Um. Willy
1: Wonka... Horrible, horrible person. Well, and that's a whole other thing. The oompa Noompas, thats a whole other thing to get into, uh, as far as race and stuff like that goes. So it's it, it's a very complicated thing. Um, but but the I think
0: that movie—not that we're talking about the Willy Wonka movie right now—and I know there's another one coming out with Timothy Chalamet after we've had Johnny Depp as well. And honestly, all of them should just stop because Gene Wilder, Wilder. Is, the only, is the only is the only from his pratfall coming out of the door after he's using a cane setting up
1: the untrustworthy narrator um and the scary the scariness of him oh my and the uh that's another movie that's made for children that has this scary uh tunnel thing right mm-hmm. in the on the boat that is all
0: there's a madness in his eyes that is so controlled and so uh, threatening, Like, are you going to give me candy or are you going to eat me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As all these children are dispatched of. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, James and the Giant Peach remains my favorite. I love it. I love the film version of it they did. Anyway, this is off the topic of witches. But, um, all right, so Malt Dyer, was she true? Was she not? Doesn't matter. There's a rock. And there's a country rock song in Witch at Point Theater running through November 25th. Um, we're going to give you a little taste of Maldire now before we leave, but uh, thanks again for joining us.
2: The Tale of Maldire, Maryland, 1697 Maldire had a hut deep in the wood Not a bunch of space, still she loved to place, and she used it all for good Maldire had a garden in the back Where she grew and knew what those herbs were doing She knew she had a knack And she'd say, oh no I'm a woman to hold dear And they'd say, oh lines out her front door and as time went by came a darker sky and the people seemed unsure and they'd say oh no I thought she was good. Froze to death against a rock, but her hand reached high, froze just as she died right at midnight on the clock and then She just died And disappointed
0: Thanks so much for joining us for this Season 8 bonus episode of Witchy Women. Um, If you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Patreon, YouTube under Connor and Smith. Again, Connor with an E-R. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. We are very grateful for our Patreon support. Thank you so much for all of you who are our Patreon family. If you want to learn more about becoming a Patreon supporter, you can find the link in the podcast notes. Thanks so much for joining. Bye.